You are now listening to Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, Todd Fox, and Gabby Gap. Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims and killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them. And that he was also a necrophiliac. Hey, 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 welcome into another episode of the Grinding Truth Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, along with Daddy Gab. And narrating today will be Todd Fox. We hope you guys enjoy the show today, but before we get started, we want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just type in Grinding Truth Crime Podcast. And there you can find our page, like our page, comment on our page, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. If you want to listen to us while you're working or, or jogging or whatever it is you're doing in the U.S., you can listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, and Podvine. And for those listening to us outside of the U.S., we love you. You can continue to listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. Go to redbubble.com, type in Top Fox 80, and there you can get merchandise courtesy of Grinding True Crime. And if you like what you hear and you want to support the cause, you can always leave a Cash App donation. Just download the Cash App app and type in dollar sign Grinding True Crimes. Listeners' discretion is advised because we may get into details. Not may. We will get into details <laughs> that may be gruesome or um, you know screamish for certain listeners. So Listener's discretion is advised. Okay. With that being said, I think it's the floor is yours, Todd. Do you want to take it away, sir? Yeah, quick shout out, though. I'll give it one quick shout out to Lonnie Smith Jr. over there on Facebook. He's been a loyal listener, so he messaged us. So I want to give that shout out. If you guys have any other shout outs or anything, I forgot to mention that in the beginning, so that's my bad. That's my bad, too. Um, I'll, I'll I'll shout them out on the next episode. I got a few. Okay, sounds good to me. Got it. Well, let's start this story off, shall we? Tonight, it's the uh, Hitchhiker Slayer. Ooh. So, if you've seen those old movies, especially those, uh, it's called The Hitcher back in the eighties. That that movie scared the bejesus out of me. Um, you know, the, there's a part in that movie where the guy pulls up and says, hey, uh, you need a ride. And the guy looks like real creepy. It's raining. He's like, sure, let me get in. And then he gets in the car and then he they start driving off. And he's like, what happened? Uh, is that your car back there? He's all, no, that's the guy that uh, I chopped off his legs and arms while he was still alive. And at that point, I'm like, eject button. You know what I mean? But but, but that guy's like, <laughs> funny joke there, you. I'm like, Wait, what? <laughs> it wasn't like that Survivor commercial? Yeah, it should have been the Survivor commercial. <laughs> Want a ride? Are you insured? Yes. By survival? I no. I, I can't, can't take, take that, that ride. 
one of the cheesiest commercials of all time. But yeah, very cheesy. But yeah, that that would have been the smart move in this in this uh, episode as we were going to get into. But you know, I've been trying to stay out of California, but things keep drawing me back. And um, this one, we're going to be back in California in an area that I talked to you guys just a couple weeks about going to go visit. Uh, oh. Yeah, it's the town of Solvang. Solvang. What? Who would have thought? Really? I've, I've got a case out of Solvang, California. So now we really have to go. Yeah. Uh, Solvang is, is located just above Santa Barbara. If you know where Santa Barbara is, it's like the middle of California, just mm-hmm. a, about a... 80 miles or so above Los Angeles. It's uh, located in the Santa Ynez Valley area. Uh, usually has a population of about 6,000 people. Uh, real quick on the origins of Solvane, why it's Solvane, why is it, you know, where to get its name from. Uh, it goes back as far back as 1804 uh, by the Indians that were in that area, which were the Shumash Indians, which are related to me, which I'm a quarter Shumash. Really? Um, yeah, I am. For my mom, my mom was a uh, half, and her oh, okay. mom was seventy-five percent, or maybe even full-blooded. Not bad. Yeah, so they were they originated from that area. Um, but they're Danish. No, no, no. Uh, Shumash Indian. Native. Yeah, oh. native. Okay. The Danish Americans, however, came there in 1911. A bunch of them came over from the the area of Finland, Sweden, and they started talking like this. And and they started <laughs> they started building a town that uh, you caught me off guard with that one. <laughs> here any, here any. Um, but they uh, they came up there and they started building a small community and they built German houses and fin- Finnish type houses, Switzerland type windmills and just like stuff like that. They they made their own city and they had more and more that came over over the years. And then it just turned into a tourist town in the late 60s. And there so, is. so now everything that builds up around it, they build their buildings accustomed to that look, basically. Matt Danish. can tell you they do have very good Danishes. Oh, yes. Their Danishes are the delicious. Danishes in the world. Yes. They have a lot of good cultures over there, too. Um, oh, absolutely. Um, their pastries are the best. Uh, mm-hmm. They have influences on the restaurants and the... You know, the gift shops and things like that uh, from Norway, Sweden, Switzerland and German and Finland type areas. And then you just go outside of Solvain and there's the reservation of the Shumash Indians. They have their big casino there. So it's a multicultural area. And for the most part, everybody gets along. It's a beautiful area. Yeah, we never encountered any issues going there. Yeah, it's, it's a fairly, fairly nice area. Uh, you got a lot of wildlife. People go there all the, uh, you know, there's a lot of hiking. There's lakes for fishing. It's just a beautiful area, a very beautiful area that you wouldn't think would be in, you know, in that part of California, but it is. Um, so that's the breakdown of that. But we're going to talk about a guy with the name of a Avenger, but he's no Avenger. Um, this, is, <laughs> this is Thor Niece Christensen. Oh, no. Thor. So, Why you gotta ruin Thor? <laughs> he doesn't have a hammer, but uh, he uses something else. Um, oh, whoa. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Although that would be a good pickup line for him. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> what do you That's think? Throwing my hammer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you think Thor looked like? 
Well, I'm assuming he doesn't look like the Thor of the Northern God of Asgard. So I'm going to say he was fat and ugly. <laughs> Gabby? Wow. I'm going to go with the like a very slim, very tall white man. Okay. You guys are both half right. Oh. What? Yeah. He's, he's very tall, but he's overweight, and he has long blonde hair. So he was the fat Thor from... Uh... <laughs> yeah, he was definitely the fat Thor. <laughs> no, don't you dare ruin Thor like that for me. Oh, okay. Well, this, this Thor was born uh, December 28th, 1957. Uh, he was uh, he was born in Denmark first, and then uh, he immigrated here with his parents when he was five years old. And this this kind of goes like to where you know it's really weird. He actually you know being in Solvain where my mom and grandma great grandma were at. Um, he also moved to an area where my dad grew up, which was in Inglewood. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, they initially settled in Inglewood for about a year or two, and then his father, um, I guess from money overseas or however he got it um, got enough money to build a restaurant up in that area. Like he wanted to go, he wanted to feel like he was at home without being home. And at that time, again, Solvane's building up and it looks just like it did when he left uh, Denmark. So why not? Mm-hmm. And they opened up a restaurant over there. And I believe it is the mustard house, which is still there to this day. So that is on the drag of Solvane's like right down. Main yes. Street. Yeah. Um, so Thor, just like uh, Patrick from last week, had an unusual high uh, childhood. Um, mm-hmm. Thor's father was also successful, um, but uh, he was a restaurant owner in Solvane, like I said. And uh, just like Patrick, the murderer from last week, um, Thor's father, niece, which was uh, Thor's middle name, he was named after, was a drunk. Um that's like the usual. Yeah, the parents did have a hand in how he came out, basically. So um, he he uh, he didn't beat Thor's mom though. He beat Thor. Oh. Was, yeah, his only kid. Um, Thor would get uh, uh, <clears throat> regular beatings from the ages of uh, fourth grade onward to I would say his almost his junior year in high school. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this would start his erratic behavior um, from when he was in Solvane schools. He was a chubby blonde boy. Um, he would eat a lot to cope with the the stuff that his dad was dishing out. So whenever something happened, he was always uh, getting food. His mom would shove food down his face, too. So that was uh, that was Thor early on. Just a little chubby little white boy with long hair, you know, probably talking like this. And, uh, you know, it just, he had a, he had a mean look on his face too. He had a, he just had this look on his face. He hardly ever smiled. Well, I mean, I can see why. Mm-hmm. Um, his best friend at the time, Frederick, um, however, would say that Thor would be sweet as can be at certain times. And then the next, he would just, you know, flip out and piss you off, do something, you know, stupid or, or just something evil, you know? So he would just, like, radically change behavior? Yes, on a flip of a dime. Wow. So. Mm. Now here, let me ask you guys this real quick. This kind of reminds me of Peanuts, you know, and, and uh, you know, what, what's his name? Charlie Brown and that girl that um, always, you know, would, 
say, come on, kick the ball. And then every time he go kick the ball, he'd miss and fly up in the air. <laughs> Upper well, <grade. laughs> well, picture picture Frederick as Charlie Brown and our boy Thor as the, the girl holding the ball, but in a different sport. Every day, Frederick would bring a, a basketball to play in the, the area, you know, before school or, you know, during lunchtime on the blacktop. And every day when they would go to either get in line to get going to school or to, you know, check in in class, Thor would be buddy-buddy with him up until a point where he'd surprise him supposedly every time, take his basketball, and right before class started, just boot it as far as he could. <laughs> just wow. to be a dick. Now, at some point, if he Frederick literally said he did this every day at school. Either don't bring the basketball... <laughs> Or be ready for him to try to jack it from you, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it didn't make sense. I mean, he did that every day all the way through eighth grade. Wow. <laughs> that makes... <laughs> that's weird. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that's a funny looking ball. Let me kick it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Mario. That ain't Mario. Sort of like Mario. Me, I'm oh, Mario. Oh, my God. <laughs> so so by eighth grade uh he got tired of kicking the basketball and he uh what do you think he did uh at, in eighth grade to to change up the basketball type thing uh, he used the football <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with balls oh okay oh. Um, i'm gonna say he started punching him. no gabby a bat? No, I should have probably rephrased that question. I should have said habits, but oh, yeah, oh. My, well, he he, that's my bad. Um, in eighth grade, he began to drink beer and smoke oh. weed already. Yeah, so Dang. so yeah, he was already chubby at this point. And what does weed usually get you to do? The munchies, exactly. More snacks. <laughs> so, what do you think his weight went up to by the time he was? Going into high school, almost uh, about a hundred pounds, probably more. Like, what do you think? At what this you... point, he's like three hundred pounds. Three hundred. I'm gonna say he's about six six three eighty. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> no, he was <laughs> he was six three two seventy five. Close enough. Yeah. No, you were nowhere close enough. I was close enough. Was yeah, close. Gabby was right there. <laughs> You're like a hundred and five pounds over. It could have been. <laughs> so by this time you know it's like the late 60s early 70s um you know or early 70s i'm sorry and mm-hmm. uh it's hard for a boy his age you know in high school entering high school 275 he's probably got some acne going on he he's very shy uh he doesn't have any kind of like you know uh ways with women or talking to women or girls so he's kind of picked on a lot and um you know his he's just he's 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 lashing out too in school he's not doing good in grades he's smoking weed he's drinking beer and um he's down on himself so his parents decide that uh the the restaurant's doing really good and uh they give him pocket change and for you know the early 70s or whatever you know he's going to school with about 50 you know 50 to 60 bucks a week uh, he's got a brand new Audi, and uh, you know, basically, uh, he's able to. That's pay- not pocket change. <laughs> yeah, for back then, right? <laughs> <laughs> he 
And he's also going to liquor stores and paying uh, patrons to uh, buy him and his buddies liquor. So before they go to school, they're taking shots of, um, uh, what is it, scotch or rum, uh, and then driving a brand new Audi to school. So, you know, he's... he's I'll be shocked if he graduated. Yeah, he's, he's right now he's doing really good, like, as far as that's concerned. And I think that's how he's coping with the fact that he doesn't have too many friends. He's alienated some. Uh, the girls don't like him. He's a little weird. And then they're being very judgmental because of his weight. So, you know, he's just like, ah, screw everybody. I'm just going to do what makes me feel happy. Hmm. Um, but, Gabby, you'd be surprised. Uh, he did the very bare minimum through high school, and he graduated. Of really? course. Yep, he sure did. And uh, But he was trying to get girls, and he never really had any kind of girlfriends um so the long drive out of the mountains out of solvain down the santa Ynez mountains will put you right at the base of santa barbara when you get to the bottom mm-hmm. and um he would go down there at later years in high school and just go to keg parties some of his friends knew friends of friends at the college and they would do keg parties and he was plastered a lot at the ages of between the ages of 17 and 19 almost on the routine Never had a job either. Wasn't working. Just always in party mode. Mm, the yeah. good life. Exactly. <laughs> and then uh, let's see if you can guess the animal he routinely killed. Uh, squirrels. I'm going to say a cat. No, I think Gabby was a little closer if you want to go because cats were more dom- domesticated. He went with uh, bullfrogs. There's a lot of bullfrogs up there. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Squirrel have to do with the yeah, that's a, how you get a squirrel from a <laughs> <laughs> squirrel. He was some furry bullfrogs. Some squir- <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying like it's more wildlife than like <laughs> Matt was going. I'm not saying they're close. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. My bad. My bad. <laughs> God damn it! Well, he he would um tape firecrackers to the uh, bullfrogs. Oh man, that's cold. And then blow them up. Or uh, he'd shoot him with pellet guns or hit him with uh, Thor's hammer. <laughs> I'm serious. He'd hit him with a hammer. Really? Yeah. You were really playing into his character. Yeah, he was ahead of his time. I'm not laughing at what he did. That's jacked up. I'm just... <laughs> no, I get laughing it. about the comparison of squirrels and frogs, right? It's because I imagine the mix between the two. Oh, my gosh. Oh, they my. have a big, big old tail on a little bullfrog. <laughs> call a squad. A squad. Squad. God. <laughs> Todd has invented a new animal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this um this would be a thing for him. He would you know he he didn't really hunt. He just went out and screwed with the the you know the wildlife, mostly frogs that were in the area. And um, a lot of people got creepy vibes from him. Um, so he was just, you know, when he wasn't drinking, he was a little weird. He had a weird outlook on life. Like I said, his personality changed. People were like, damn, you have a split personality, man. And, uh, he would just laugh it off. So, uh, by this time, you know, it's the the mid seventies or whatever. And, um, we've talked about, you know, Matt's done a story. Gabby's done a story. I've done, you know, a few of them up and down the West coast in Oregon and Seattle where you just had truckers or hitchhikers pick up people and they never see them again. And there's some serial killers to this day that have not been caught for the stuff that they've done 
up and down the west coast because the i-5 freeway and all that other stuff is a good hiding spot off the freeway there's a lot of open areas to dump bodies so wow. there's they're still finding bodies to this day and um it was dangerous between the 60s and 80s because it was a, a hunter's playground you had all these girls teenagers high schoolers uh, and boys that would just hitchhike you know at random spots didn't want to be home anymore they wanted to explore they didn't want to go to the war so there's all kinds of stuff going on right now and one thing about Santa Barbara, it has a huge college in the middle of it called UC Santa Barbara. And there's students that come from all over and uh, <clears throat> to, uh, to go to that, high, to that college. It's a very prestigious college, very old college. And um, the, perf- the preference for a lot of kids at, at that age was to hitchhike either from the campus to their home to somewhere they wanted <clears throat> to go when it was non-school days. Mm-hmm. So... With that being said, we have a date. Oh. Yeah. When we have a date, what happens? We usually have a crime. Yes, sir. And that's what we have here. On November 20th, 1976, Jacqueline Ann Rook, born in 1955 in Chicago, was a UC Santa Barbara student. So she came all the way from Chicago. Um, she was last seen close to campus on a busy street in Isla Vista, which is another city just adjacent to Santa Barbara. She was hit, hitchhiking a ride or asking for a hitchhike uh, ride from the streets of Hollister and Patterson, a, a very famous corner uh, close to Santa Barbara. Uh, that was the last time she was seen. Mm-hmm. And then uh, 48 hours would go by before her friends would report her missing. Dang, they waited mm. two days? Yeah, they waited two days. Why? They didn't know where she was off to. So they thought maybe she was going up north for some reason and then she was going to come back. Um, but, uh, yeah, nobody reported her missing until it was uh, over the weekend and she didn't come back for uh, school on Monday. Um, so the community, again, you know, Santa Barbara is a really well-to-do neighborhood. Uh, a lot. If if you live there, everybody knows everybody. It's you know pretty big city, but you run into people. You know it's kind of all condensed in between the mountains. Mm-hmm. And then if you're a college kid, you know you know everyone at the at the campus. But um, so at this point, you know the missing you know persons thing is out there. But uh, as they're looking for her, two weeks later, Mary Ann Cyrus disappeared exactly two weeks later mm. she was a student and she avidly hitchhiked like that was her thing like she loved to hitchhike and uh she was last seen leaving that same area of hollister avenue and patterson which was a famous part uh famous area to get picked up by hitchhikers so now that she's been missing for a couple days the students are now going out putting up posters uh going to bus stops areas of hitchhiking and saying do not take rides from strangers they're trying to put the word out the the police are now looking for these two missing students their parents have flown in to see if they can help in the search so everyone's aware of what's going on that's not a good habit not at all it's not it's very dangerous Mm -hmm. i've never done that before even if I lived in those days, I wouldn't have done that. Hitchhiking? Nope. I mean, that was the thing to do. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, I'm not I'm not a trustful person. Like, I don't trust people easy, so I wouldn't. 
I remember I had to walk two miles to get to a Blockbuster when Blockbusters were a thing, and I wanted to rent a video game in summer real quick. And mm-hmm. I remember walking up the main street, and a guy in a pickup truck said, hey, man, do you want to ride? And I didn't ask for it. I was I didn't put my thumb out. <laughs> That's the closest I've come to hitchhiking, and I, I wasn't going to get in the car with him, but he's like, do you want to ride? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm good. And he's like, it, but it's hot outside. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm walking. And then uh, he drove out, drove away. And then I walked another block and he came back again. Oh, no. And when he asked again, I said, no, I'm okay. And then, like, I was going to go continue to go straight. And then uh, when he took off, I hit the uh, walk button across the street and I just bolted a different way. I went through these side streets and I even through a few yards. I was like, dude, I don't want this guy to get me. Smart man. That's scary. That is scary. Yeah, it is. I was only like, I think I was only like 13. So. Yeah. At least you were smart enough to realize, like, yo, this is this ain't cool, you know. Uh, uh-uh, I'm not getting in with this guy. Yeah, I could have been a victim. I really yeah. could have. But um, with that being said, these two women took their lives into their own hands and disappeared. So we have yeah. another person to talk about. This is Patricia Marie Laney. Uh, she was born September 15th, 1955. She was only 21 years at the time. Um, and she was born in where I live right now, Whittier, California. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, she went up there uh, to uh, better herself as an actress. And she was getting a few commercials. And she was uh, actually a model. So very pretty woman. Um, she also was a very, very um, vocal advocate against hitchhiking so when those two women disappeared she was actually some of the the ones that were out there protesting and letting the public know of being aware to not do that she was putting up posters um however um on january 18th 1977 uh she had been distributing flyers to women to educate them on the dangers of hitchhiking as they walk through the campuses and then also by the malls uh, she was she was supposed to meet up with two of her friends at the bus stop at the same area that the two were picked up from prior, which is Hollister again. And her friend was late. By the mm. time her friend arrived, Patricia was not there. Mm. So Wait, how was she grabbed if she didn't hitchhike then? Well, it's theorized that she was abducted from that bus stop. So whether uh, it's most likely she went against her will. Okay, and because a lot of people said, why would she be against it and then be at the spot where she was picked up? You know, like nobody saw her get picked up. Like, I mean, this was broad daylight, and nobody saw her get picked up or get into a car. They just knew that the last place she was supposed to be was that particular corner. And uh, so, two days after the officer was doing for Santa Barbara police was doing a routine patrol off of Rufio road when he pulled over what he saw, what he thought was some trash or some like, you know, uh, stuff from like, uh, holidays wrapped around a tree. Um, when he stepped out to see what was, uh, around the tree, it, he found and was shocked that it was a naked woman with a sweater on and she was wrapped around the tree. And, um, like basically her her face was pressed into the tree trunk and also like her arms were wrapped around the tree she was kind of like tied around it and she was naked from the waist down 
Yeah, she had also a twenty-two caliber bullet uh, hole in her head. Jesus. Yeah. Ouch, poor girl. Exactly. And uh, I'll have more details on her uh, at the end of the story, so we'll wait for the twist on that one. Oh. Yeah. Uh, detectives felt that uh, this had to have been somebody who was familiar with the area because that was an access road that linked up the Santa Ynez Mountains with um, Solvang. So it was not a well-traveled road. Only, like I said, locals would know about it. Mm. Um, also, at this time, when they found the body, uh, there was a there was a bit of a clue. Um, they found some uh, restaurant napkins with some blood of the assailant and or the the suspect, and also blood from the victim and fingerprints on these napkins. They were uh, there were two different kinds. There was your regular restaurant napkins, and there was those linen ones. Mm. So those were strewn around the area. What did you guess from the restaurant? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Interesting. Yeah. So, so the police at this time they weren't, um, you know, they now found, you know, her body, you know, the the activist, um, and there's still two women missing. So right away they start up a task force, and uh, so these aren't Johnsons off the bat. They're they're like taking this thing very very serious. Good. Yeah, and uh, they even got the FBI involved, which they have a, a FBI profiler at the time. They were just starting to do that, and the profiler said that. Uh, and let's see if you guys <laughs> let's see if you guys can get this. Uh, if if the profiler is right or if they nailed it, the profiler said, judging by the the murder and and the things that they were picking up, that they were looking the police were looking for a white male loner between the ages of 25 and 30 and who had a drinking problem with and also a t- uh, problem talking with uh, the opposite sex and was a bit narcissistic. Of course. Mm. So, you think those hit on everything about Thor? Everything. Yep. Nailed so, on a coffin. <laughs> exactly. So, at this time it was late January and while the FBI detectives were looking you know, in the area because they've had a couple weeks now where they haven't found anything else. They don't have any, the fingerprints came back and they're not matching up with anyone they have on records. Um, the detectives along with the FBI were searching further down that road and they went into some shrubbery. They were looking and they found a second body. Uh Oh, yep. Mm. Jacqueline Ann Rooks, the first one that was, that disappeared months prior. Um, Mm -hmm. She was found in the same exact pose on a tree. Oh, dang. dang. But she was completely naked and shot twice in the head. Dang. Were you gonna say I wonder that? what it is. I wonder what it is with that pose. Like like is that symbolic to something? Well, we'll see. We'll see what that what what uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see what that means later, because that's part of the twist. Alright. Yeah. Why do I feel like that's full access, full control? Well, we'll see. I mean, I don't, want, I don't want to give it away too early. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to tell you if you're right or not. Let's just hold on to the answers because I think oh, they're going to come into play later. All right. So, uh, yeah, this, this again, that uh, they're perplexed now. They're like, okay, this has got to be someone that's familiar. So they start going door to door. They're trying to, like, round up people that 
had shady type backgrounds and they're just not finding anything that mixes up with these women losing their lives how they did and um so a week would go by from the the finding of uh rooks and um thor is out smoking weed drinking with his buddy and they pull off a road which is not too far from the crime scene and they're like in the uh the shrubbery but thor thor makes a mistake he's you know it's night there's no lights out there he wanted to park the car and just sort of do what if what if we're like this like like small little ant in a big universe like they're looking up at the stars getting super high you know and drinking beer and he's, he's, why are they suddenly talking like surfer dudes well because they are close to santa barbara so you know that makes sense yeah i, I can't do a, a stone i can't do a finland surfer though that'd be a little weird you know Ooh, look at the stars out there i would love to go out surfing oh yeah i don't know <laughs> Uh, yeah, close, there you go. But uh, Thor Thor would leave his foot on the brakes because he was so drunk and high. So you got no lights out in the middle of nowhere. They're under the stars. Him and his buddy are drinking and smoking. And uh, a police officer, because of what's happened with those two bodies, is patrolling that area. And oh. uh, he sees the taillights of this car. And he's like, well, maybe there's a motorist in distress. And, you know. He's like, uh, let me figure this out. So he drives over there and he pulls up and, you know, shines a light on the car and he sees beer bottles automatically on the ground. So right away he's like, oh, okay, it's just a couple of drunks out here. And um, he goes, uh, hey, guys, can I see your IDs? Oh, <laughs> it's a Johnson. It's a Johnson. Uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> and so Thor and his buddy pull out their IDs and he goes, hey. You guys are too young to be drinking. You're only 20. And they're all like, hey, man, you know, like, it's it's laid out. You know, we're just trying to get a buzz. And, you know, well, you're trying to kill our buzz. And then he's like, uh, <laughs> he's like, y'all know that even I'm trying to kill your buzz. You're not supposed to be drinking out here. Come on now, guys. <laughs> and then uh, so he goes, give me that weed. And so he's like, he's like, okay. So he gives him the weed and he gives him the beer and, uh, you know, he confiscates it and he's like, all right, guys, you guys get on out of here. Stop messing around. There's a killer on the loose. Oh, wow. And And lets them off. Well, yeah, before he does that, Thor is like, okay, officer, I'll see you later. And then uh, (laughs) Thor goes, or not Thor, uh, the officer Johnson goes, hey, wait a minute. I want to see what's in your trunk because I want to make sure I got all the weed. And then Thor is like, no, you cannot touch my trunk. Uh, the trunk stays closed. And then he's like, oh, okay. Wait a minute. You may be trying to hide something. So <laughs> the the conversation goes back and forth. And then finally Thor's friend says, dude, just let him freaking open the trunk. So he open because he's threatening them to arrest the kids. Mm. So he opens the trunk and he finds a 22 caliber pistol. Mm. Now. There has been two high-profile murders in a city that maybe gets five or six murders a year. Mm-hmm. And you got two in the last couple months by a twenty-two caliber gun. What do you think Officer Johnson does? Officer Johnson says, good for him for carrying protection in his car. <laughs> Matt? I say Officer Johnson says, hey, do you know you got a gun back there? 
right. No, he's just like, uh, he basically says, hey, what are you doing with this gun? And then uh, Thor's like, I like to shoot the bullfrogs. And then Thor's like, hey, that's all right and all good and everything, but you're underage. You can't be having a 22 caliber gun. And he goes, I'm going to have to take this. So he takes the gun. But um, knowing that there's a 22 caliber murderer out there, you know, with that type of gun, he does not put two and two together. He says, all right, kids, you get home now. You hear? Wow. <laughs> he, he just confiscates stuff and takes wow. off. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. So uh, let them off that easy. He had them in his hands and let them free. Or he at least had Thor right there. Yeah. The other kid was uh was very innocent. Well, um, yeah. yeah. Not too innocent if you're drinking and getting high. Yeah. I mean back then well, it was super illegal, but um, yeah. now it's just like, innocent of murder, yes. Yes, innocent of murder. And what happens when a guy gets a break, you know? Like this. You encourage him to keep going because he doesn't get caught. Yeah. And to Thor's credit, which I don't like giving him any credit, but he actually does something like the Golden State Killer. You know, when he was chubby in his early days of being an offender, he realized, hey, you know, I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to change my look. And that's what he did. The next three months, <clears throat> he leaves town for three to six months. He goes up to Oregon. Now, he loses weight. And when he comes back, he's 40 pounds lighter. Oh, wow. And, and his hair that was like just maybe, you know, ear length or a little lower was now down his back a little bit. So he's grown out his hair all the way. Um, just keep in mind the Oregon trip. Um, so he comes back to his drinking buddies and his, and his drinking buddies really, they don't recognize him. He's not acting the same, not talking the same, very distant. Um, he has a dark sense of humor. Uh, he's just different, completely, completely different. The one thing they notice, though, he makes frequent trips down to Los Angeles. And he also comes back every time from Los Angeles with a car that he just he cleans his car from top to bottom, including the trunk. His buddies, he does it so much that his buddies all say that he became obsessed with washing his car. That's because he was doing crap with his car. You got you got it. Wow. Yeah. So the FBI was frustrated at this time. It's around 1977, working into 1978. And there's it's quiet up in Santa Barbara. They haven't had no killings. There's no they basically have exhausted most of their leads. But things are picking up in the Sunset Strip in Hollywood. Uh, you know, there are uh, routinely women either coming up missing, beaten, uh, you know, prostitutes. That, you know, that's like that, that seems to be just like the easy target prostitutes. Yeah, because of course you're going to be able to pick them up. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So on one night, a woman that still has our identity uh, covered up to this day, um, she was picked up uh, on the Sunset Strip. And for only $45, she was going to have sex with Thor. Wow. Um, yeah, that, that should tell you the time uh, time period they were in, late 1978. Um, so they get in the car. They're driving down the Sunset Strip. The Sunset Strip is just below Hollywood Hills. It's a very affluent area. A lot of clubs, a lot of you know uh, prostitutes, uh, just 
you know, it's also a tourist attraction. There's a lot of stuff down there. Man's Chinese theater, everything. Um, they start driving down the street. She says, hey, there's a hotel I know. I, I take a lot of my Johns there. And um, he just starts having small talk, which normally when you pick up a prostitute, not that I have experience. Nah, I have never done it. I'm just saying. But the regular thing to do is... <laughs> You don't Good, really. Cause I was gonna ask, how do you know? <laughs> yeah, but I'm just going by. <laughs> I'm going by how you how you would treat a prostitute. You're not gonna sit there and be like, "So, how was your day?" You know? <laughs> oh, I had such a stressful day at work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, did you get to your garden after you had sex with ten, the garden? Men? You know, like I don't know, but <laughs> he was the garden. He, yeah, the garden. <laughs> Hey, I'm talking about an actual garden, not, you know, the I other. I just do that to your <laughs> you the I knew you were going to do it. I knew it. Oh, nasty. <sighs> Whatever. I'm just talking about an actual. What if she had tomatoes and, and celery growing in her garden? I don't know. You're probably right. You're probably right. I'm just saying. He's, 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 I'm just saying he's going overboard with a small talk, okay? What's your favorite color? <laughs> Um, <laughs> so uh so they drove past the motel that she suggested so that kind of raised the red flag but she was like well there's another place down the street you can make a left here he drove past that and then she started to get a little alarmed when he started going towards the hollywood hills and she's like well why are you going up to hollywood hills and he's like oh i know a great place you know a lot of teenagers go there to make out and do stuff and you know trust me no one's gonna see us and we, i don't want to pay for a hotel you know i'll give you a little extra so she was a little weary now as she started to settle in and be like okay you know this is gonna go all right i guess he pulls out a 22 as they're driving and shoots her in the head <gasps> so they're driving up a windy freaking road at night and he just pops a cap in her head now now here's a twist to the story um stunned she freaking grabs the wheel and she forces the car off the road into a ditch oh wow so the car crashes her her head hits the dashboard his head hits the steering wheel remember there's no airbags on these cars and uh her adrenaline was at a obviously shot in the head her adrenaline's as high as it's going to be she climbs out the car and while he's sitting there just stunned and she goes down the hill and she sees some lights in the distance and she runs a good mile to this private residence Uh, she bangs on the door the occupants open up the they let her in and they can't believe she's bleeding from the head she's been shot in the head so right away they call police and fire um and Thor abandons that car and just takes off. And he just runs down the hill. He's gone. Dang. Um, now she would survive. What? She would survive a twenty-two caliber shot to the head that lodged in her brain. Wow. Wow. And for nineteen seventy-eight, that's pretty good surviving that. Yes. Yeah, I could. You could see it nowadays more. You know, with the technology and stuff. But she survived that. But she would have some some brain damage. She would have trouble remembering things, uh, speaking, and also moving some of her appendages, maybe some fingers or an arm, maybe didn't have the same, because there's nerve damage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So despite that, three months later, where do you think she's at? Oh, no. Uh, 
three months later, I say that he got her again. Gabby? I'm going to say she's back to prostituting. Bingo. Gabby got it. She's back to prostituting. Um, She's not even fully healed at this point. What? She's back prostituting at a bar um, in the L.A. area off the Sunset Strip. When the nightmare of all nightmares takes place, she's talking. Huh? Oh, no, I'm just saying he finds her. Well, she found him. She was in the bar talking to another potential client trying to get, you know, her garden tended to. And <laughs> in comes, Hurley, Hurley, I want to drink. I want to pick up on some women. And he walks what? right into the bar. And she spotted him. She spotted him, but the smart thing is she wasn't a Johnson. She ran right to the back of the bar and made a phone call to the police. So that gunshot wound clearly didn't mess up her memory of him. Exactly. It messed up other things, but not the memory. Messed up other things, but not the memory. I mean, you would think you would never forget the person that almost killed you. Of course not. Yeah. Even if it damaged you i think you'll still think remember that's that. the last thing ingrained in her brain yeah exactly so by her making the phone call and him basically picking up on women it gave the police more than enough time to show up to arrest him because she id'd him as the person that shot her in the head and he looked like a ghost she said when he was arrested because she didn't he thought he killed her or at least that she died at the bottom of the cliff and um so he was arrested, and also they went into his car, and they found another twenty-two caliber gun. And uh, these <clears throat> these were Joe Kendas. They weren't um, they weren't the the uh, our buddy that was a Solvane police officer up there because once they ran his ID and they found out he was from Solvane, one of the cops had heard about a couple murders in that area, mm. and so they called the police station up there. And uh, they were like, "Hey, we got a guy with a twenty-two caliber bullet, or you know, gun, whatever." And and uh, the ballistics didn't match right away, but because they made that phone call, the uh, officer uh, Johnson remembered, "Hey, I have a gun. It's a twenty-two. I picked it up from some <laughs> blonde guy." And so like, he turned over his gun, and that way they were able to match the ballistics to the two murders. And then, Dang. yeah, and then the police were able to, uh, you know, match that bullet that shot her in the head, you know, because they, they retrieved it from her brain. <clears throat> um, so you ha- now you have those two. And then uh, when they interrogated uh, our boy Thor, Thor said, oh, if you want to find another body, there's one that you missed up there in Solvay. So they went up there and they found the second girl that was kidnapped. And she was prone and tied to a tree the same exact way. And, Dang, uh, nobody had run into that. No one had ran into that body because there's a lot of open area out there. There's a lot of open mm-hmm. area. Yeah. So her body was ravaged by uh, local animals, unfortunately, but enough of it was there to see that <clears throat> she had been tortured prior and then also shot in the head. Now I know I don't want to do one of the things I wanted to do up there. What's that? I like reading, but I've always had this thing where I see places like that with a hill and it's just a single... Or a few trees on that hill. I've always wanted to sit and lean on a tree and read. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, y'all, I don't want to do that. Y'all, that's not happening. That ain't no. happening. 
Yeah. Nope. So she so after finding the third body, they would start doing investigating on him, talking to his friends. They actually talked to a girl that he was on and off seeing for the last few years, and she had mentioned that when she was with Thor, he wanted sex three to five times a day. So he Damn. Had a, he had a very big appetite for sex. Wow. And I then, would be shocked if he didn't kill more people. Well, I mean, they were... I'll get to that. Um, he would, they would ask him, and he openly... He would shut down, first off, and he wouldn't say nothing, gave attitude to the police and the, the investigators, and then right before they felt he was going to ask for a lawyer, he would start spilling the beans. And he would start telling them, like, hey, man, you know what? Uh, I had to lose a weight because the prostitutes were making fun of me. Although the prostitute sex was the best sex of my life, you know, even though I was with that girl, it was it was good. But, you know, like prostitutes did something for me. Like I love it, this and that. So he was talking it up and just, you know, just having. A, I mean, he would be very forthcoming and not care about how he would even talk about murdering those three women. And then all of a sudden he'd start crying and being super remorseful and just like couldn't. You know, he, he's like, I, I want to take my life. I can't live with myself. And then he, next moment, he's happy as can be, and he's proud of it. So it's really weird. Hey, he had, like, borderline personality disorder. Exactly. They were saying that he at least had some sort of, you know, split personality. <clears throat> now, here's where it got uh, bad. Now, answering some of the questions, you know, that Gabby had said, or at least one of them, where she said those bodies had to be posed for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't have sex with them prior to murdering them. Oh, what? it was after. It was after what? they were deceased and tied up. What? And it was not just once or twice. It was multiple times and on different occasions. How, man? Gross. He would come back? He would come back to the bodies. How? Why? Ugh. So that's why they were they were tied up the way they were. Oh, so picture like their face towards the the tree trunk. They're on their knees with their backside exposed, arms around the tree, hugging it. What? He's disgusting. Wow. Yep. He said that the um, the amount of sex was not the issue. Having them under his control and possession. Yeah. That's a control the, thing. Was the yeah. ultimate high. Yep. I, I think that's what it is with people who, who perform in necrophilia. It, it's a control. Like, they can't do anything to you. Exactly. Now, at this time, he was fearing the death penalty, so he shut down. And mm. when he shut down, though, there were some hikers in the Angeles National Forest who found a Laura Benjamin... Sue Benjamin, who was only 23 years old, they found bullet shells next to her body, which was prone in the same position, and that too was linked to him for a fourth murder, and one attempted murder. So, yeah, four total. There has to be more. Yes, and that's what uh, Joe Kenda said. He said that he spent about a good six to seven months in Oregon, and when he realized that he was in Oregon... He started to call up there to the local police stations and also the Oregon FBI and and uh, tried to uh, see if there was any cases similar. And there happened to be a few, 
uh, three or four that of missing women that disappeared in the same circumstance. One body was found similar, but no bullets were recovered from the body or shell casings, so they couldn't match it or link it. But he believes that he did not go on a cold spell after m- making those three first murders. And they believe yeah. that there's possibly a couple more down here in L.A. Yeah, I don't think there was only four. Yeah. So Gabby was or right. For somebody on who wants sex that much, come on. Mm-hmm. And if the best sex he had was from the prostitutes, well, because they were dead. That's what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Yep. So <clears throat> with that, they, they just decided, hey, we're going to charge him for the four murders. What do you think he got for this and the attempted murder? Oh no, we're gonna be pissed, aren't we? I'm gonna think... say, huh? Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm gonna say they gave him forty years to life. Gabby, I'll be shocked that he actually got the death penalty, but I'm gonna say he did. No, he didn't get the death penalty. He got oh. um, he got life in prison. That's all he got. And that's um, it. Yeah, that's all he got. And um, he went to Folsom Prison. Uh, but here's the here's the thing that uh, that was very weird, which I think you guys will be well, at least Gabby will be happy. Um, they did not protect this dude, meaning Good. they did not put him in a separate wing because he was a serial killer like they do. Most of the, the California serial killers, they give him their own wing and stuff like that. You know, they're protected. Uh, they put him in Gen Pop. Good. And once his. Once his uh, case came to light and it was all over the media, um, it got back to a couple of people in prison who lost their mothers due to, uh, you know, that their mothers were prostitutes and murdered. And uh, they took it upon themselves to shank him 60 times as he uh, was only six months into his lifetime sentence. And he was murdered in prison. That's all they did? Yeah, he shanked them 60 times. What do you mean that's all they did? Yeah, he deserved more. worse than that. Sixty times being shanked yeah. in prison. Well, he should have been shanked in the ass. Did he get that? He probably did. Big Mo was probably there. Uh, yeah, there's not too much details. I just know he was shanked sixty times, only six months into his life sentence, and uh, yeah, that was the end of uh, our boy Thor. I hope they shanked him all over the downstairs area first. You know. <laughs> I'm cold. She's no, he was cold. Oh yeah, he was cold for sure. She was the one in the background, like, go for the wang! <laughs> Off of his wang. Damn it, Shake it. <laughs> yeah, but this guy. I'm bastard... like, look here. Let me show you how it's done. You start at the tip. Oh, wow. Oof. wow. 60 times, though, man. Yeah. He was, he, was only, he was only 23 when he died. Dang. Just 23. Both girls were young, too, so. Mm hmm. I mean, it's a tragic story, and like Gabby said, you, I mean, you guys called it. Like, there's there's got to be more victims. Uh, there's probably bodies that they can't find, but this guy was disgusting. I mean, ne- necrophiliac, you know, having sex with dead bodies, you know, well after they're gone. Yeah, it's like bad enough when you kill somebody and then you do that afterward. But when they're no longer, like, fresh dead and then you're coming back to that and doing it, that is, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this guy was definitely no Avenger. Mm. Definitely no Avenger. They avenged. Yeah, he got avenged. 
You're right. You got a beans. But yeah, that's that's Thor Christensen from Solvang, California. Great. Thor now when Asgard. I go to Solvang, that's what I'm going to think about. <laughs> well, if you go to that Mustard House restaurant, you'll know. I mean, it's, it's... I wanted to. Now I'm not. <laughs> well, I mean, Thor not going to be there. Well, well yeah. That happens for me. I don't know if his family still owns that restaurant, or mm-hmm. even if they're still alive. So... Out the table. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Let's go to Solvay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I want them Danishes. Them yeah, Danishes like. I used to go yeah, up there a lot, dude. Yeah. So I, I, I would uh I would recommend it even though it has a you know that's its only checkered past really and and until I came across this story I never knew that there was anything bad up there, to be honest. I you don't picture that you see this tourist place and it's like all nice and it's cute you walk around everybody's having a good time trying new things you don't imagine anything like that happened there oh yeah exactly because they also have that taste of Solvane in March which is really cool you go up there and um, you know you're able to walk around with an open container down the main street area because they have a lot of wineries they have a lot of uh, breweries and visit the shops and it's very picturesque very beautiful time of year too in march and um you know you would never never think that there's stuff like that that was going on at one point yeah that's crazy i'm mad he's disgusting those poor girls and their families but i am happy at the outcome that he got yeah i mean i knew you would be mad if he was still sitting there like most of these guys in california prisons Oh, like I was mad today with Gacy. John Wayne Gacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That SOB. If you guys haven't seen it, go on Netflix and look at the story on John Wayne Gacy. You will be pissed. Yeah, yeah we, we've done the story here, but to, to hear him talk is is going to piss you off on Netflix. Oh. Yeah. Arrogant yeah. SOB. Very arrogant. Yeah. So that's it for me on this one. Well, thank you, Todd, for breaking down that story for us on on the on the guy of Thor. <laughs> <laughs> and we're and gonna... no, he was not the god of thunder. No, he, he wasn't. No, he wasn't the god of thunder. <laughs> yeah, and so we're gonna leave it here. Uh, we thank you, um, thank you guys for listening in. We're gonna close it off, but before we do, want to quick quickly remind you guys on how. You can reach us. Just go to Facebook and Instagram and type in Grinding True Crime Podcast. And there you can find us. Like our page, comment on our page, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. And if you want to listen to us on your podcast stream, go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, and Podvine. And for those listening to us outside of the U.S., continue to listen to us on Radio Public Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. Well, I believe that's it, y'all. This has been Grinded True Crime Podcast with the host, Maddie Mack, and Gabby Gab, and Todd Fox. And we are signing off. Toodles. Peace. Yo, come back now, you hear? <laughs>